It's time for episode 83 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, April 15th, 2015. Clockwise, four people, four technology topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, where it's time for another guest host. I am your co-host, Jason Snell. Dan Morin is on assignment. And so, across the internet from me, my guest co-host again, it's Mike Hurley. Hello, Mike. I promise to be better this time. Well, you know, low bar. Thanks. <laughs> well, you did forget the catchphrase last time, but it's going to be it's going to be great. To my left, one of our fine guests on this episode, it is uh, another voice you've heard on many Relay FM shows, most notably Connected. It is Stephen Hackett. Hello. Hello, gentlemen, and Serenity. Mm. You just pre-announced. Spoiler alert! Spoiled it. Did you do Sorry. that? Sorry, the show. Hey, Mike, who's sitting to your left? I don't know. <laughs> Believe it or not, everybody, it's managing editor I'm more Serenity Caldwell. Gasp! Hello, guys. <laughs> I read. What? Surprise! I didn't see you there. Uh, okay. Anyway, so let me explain how this works because nobody seems to know. Uh, we talk about four different technology topics for less than thirty minutes. There's a little bonus question at the end. Somebody asked this week, "Why don't we say five technology topics?" Because of the bonus question. It's a bonus question. We can't list it. It's a surprise, and it's very rarely about technology, and I made it especially not that this week. Anyway, since I introduced the show, I will go first with my topic. My topic is pretty simple. The Apple Watch went on pre-order last week after we did last week's show, and my question is, did you buy one? And if you did, what did you buy and why? And if you didn't, why didn't you buy an Apple Watch? I'm curious. Steven? Uh, I did buy one. I bought the stainless steel and the black sport band. And I guess the philosophical, religious, emotional question is is why. And um, I think my reasons are you know pretty in line with the rest of ours. Uh, a, I need to write and talk about it, you know, professionally here on Relay and on the site and everything. But I'm definitely interested to see Apple. You know, anytime Apple moves into a new category or introduces a new product, it's a it's a chance to see what they're up to. So it's. Um, it's interesting from that perspective, and it just—I uh, think it's going to be great to have notifications and whatnot, you know, on your wrist and all that good glanceable stuff too. So uh, I bought the Sport, the uh, silver Sport, the standard aluminium with the blue Sport band. Um, I bought mine because I looks like I buy all kinds of Apple products. I'm just excited about it. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I have owned a Pebble and used a Pebble for probably like a year. It feels like a year. I bought the Pebble Steel as soon as that came out um, and kind of got used to and, and liked the idea of having notifications on my wrist. And I've wanted an Apple Watch because I want a product that can tie more deeply into the OS and do stuff with those notifications because practically all you can do with the Pebble is dismiss them. Um, and I would like to be able to actually action upon them. And that for me, I mean, I'm looking forward to apps and stuff and that will be fun. But for me, it, was, it is really that having a device that is more closely tied to my phone uh, that can allow me to do things on it without ever taking it out of my pocket. I did buy an Apple Watch. I bought a Sport uh, Silver Aluminum uh, with the White Sport Band, and I also picked up a Milanese Loop as an accessory. Um, I'm really excited to use it in part because of the health factors. Um, I am looking forward to trying to test something that may actually appropriately figure out what I'm doing with roller derby and how to convert that into actual exercise mechanisms. Um, I'm also really excited about the notifications aspect. I feel like I'm in complete ass sometimes with my phone where it's like, oh, uh, 10 million notifications are going off and I really only need to pay attention to two of them. But 
it buzzes the same no matter what, so I have to look at my phone to find out which kind it is. I'm kind of hoping that we, with Taptics, will get a stiff, different, different taps, right? Taps, taps for VIPs. Maybe, maybe that could be a thing. I don't know, but we'll see. I keep thinking that iOS nine is going to need to overhaul notification center because notification center matters even more with the apple watch and it you know i i think people's experience with the apple watch is going to have a lot to do with how their notifications are set up and notification center is not the easiest thing to 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 set up so i think that's a i think that's a a big one i i also bought a an apple watch so we're four for four here big surprise um mine is a i got the the black band sport which means that it's the space gray aluminum in and not the uh silvery aluminum i like how it looks i'm pretty happy with it but i also bought i i ordered a uh a leather classic buckle uh in black as well uh because i just like that look and like that feel and because my hand my, my wrist is all sweaty when i take off the rubber band um it's creepy and gross so yeah, I'm excited about it. Same reason. It felt good when I did the try-on, and uh, I was worried that I was going to wear it for a couple minutes and think, oh, this is huge and heavy and all that, and it didn't feel that way at all, and I started getting excited about the idea that I'm going to be able to see these notifications and figure out about how the fitness features work, and, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Of course, I'm supposed to get it in the middle of May or something like that, <laughs> so who knows how long it's going to take for these things to ship. I guess we'll report back, right, everybody? We'll report back once we... We, uh, get our Apple Watches and figure out uh, how we're using them? Yes, yep. Mr. Snell. All right, good. Good. Well, then that's my topic. I declare my topic over. Stephen, what do you have for us? So yesterday, as we record this, Apple announced dates for WWDC, the Worldwide Developers Conference, for those of you not hip to acronyms that the kids use. And, uh, you know, every year, the last several years, they've really pared down these events. So they cram a lot of stuff into this keynote, a lot of stuff into these sessions. And I was kind of curious what you guys uh, were thinking Thinking we might see. What are some, some kind of expectations you guys have for the event? So a lot of people are talking about uh, the Apple TV as the, as the new thing, as the platform. I'm not sure about that myself. I, as we stand right now, I don't know if I buy the WWDC this year is going to be about the Apple TV. Um, I think obviously we're going to see iOS 9. Um, and I think that it's going to be majorly Apple Watch focused. I think making those two devices maybe sing a little bit better together. I think more notification control um, and basically just looking at the iPhone and the Apple Watch as a way to like get them closer together and advance that platform a little bit more. Like maybe there's more HomeKit stuff that they could do, and the Apple Watch is a really great device for something like HomeKit. Um, and I think that what we could end up being, like you know, people talk about the epicenter. I think the epicenter that the Apple have mentioned in their in their invitation or their like uh, announcement is going to be the watch. And I think that we're going to see that become a more and more important platform uh, because right now I feel like um, Apple have a new platform. Uh, which is the watch to to bet on, and I think that they should probably be focusing their attention on that rather than saying, "Hey, and here's a new Apple TV as well." But that's just my opinion right now. I am conflicted on that because I do I feel like the television uh, at this point, with the April announcement that was made with H- or March announcement with HBO and everything else, it's clear that Apple is ramping up, starting at sixty nine dollars Apple t- <laughs> current Apple TV. Um, 
I don't necessarily know if it will be the biggest bonanza of, you know, third-party API, develop everything in under the world for the Apple TV that some people hope, but I definitely think we're getting a new Apple TV. I definitely think there will be some sort of software integration. And actually, uh, Mike, I kind of feel like we will see um, Apple Watch and uh, Apple TV integration uh, with the iPhone, with the iPad, with the Mac, using continuity and furthering that kind of that that overall arc. Uh, I actually see Apple TV potentially being a huge HomeKit tie-in uh, because it theoretically can be always on and it's stationary and it's not necessarily your computer. Uh, so I, I feel like there there are potentially a lot of ties. I kind of expect WWDC to be about the ecosystem and about unifying, you know, continuity was the the first big step into unifying the ecosystem. I feel like Apple is just building a giant pyramid and WWDC is going to be like, look at how all of our things tie in, including our brand new products. Have at it, developers. You hear here for here first, folks. Apple is luring developers to San Francisco where they will be taken away to construct a giant pyramid. <laughs> also, Stephen, we learned there that what the kids really say is dub dub DC. Um, You're not cool it. enough to do that. No. <laughs> um, neither am I. Also, worldwide is one word. Why are there two W's? I'm confused. Uh, I, uh, I think the Apple TV story, well, first off, if Apple is not ready to really talk about native apps on the watch, um, the Apple TV story gives them something else to card out there and say, look, new development environment, yay, uh, which I think is a possibility. I, we, we've heard Apple say that uh, native watch development is coming by the end of the year. It's unclear whether that means they'll show developers the tools by the end of the year, but it won't actually come until the following year or whether those apps would roll out this year. Um, I, I certainly anticipate that to happen, but I do think that, um, uh, to everybody's point, it, it, you, you risk splitting everybody's attention four different ways if you say new iOS, new OS ten, new watch stuff, new Apple TV stuff, even though they're all interrelated. At the same time, wouldn't that be a great blowout event if they did that and said, look at all these opportunities for developers? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing iOS uh, changes that, like I said earlier, uh, maybe tie in with uh, features, features that the watch makes a higher priority. So better notification center might have been on the agenda forever, but the watch makes it a real priority. And so we might see something like that in, in iOS 9. And of course, I think we're all hoping that maybe Apple will address some of the bubbling concerns about uh, software stability and and talk about how they're they're uh, focusing a little bit more in the next versions on uh, stability and uh, and bug fixes and things like that. I think that would be a nice signal to get from them. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I've been waiting. I, I kind of don't want to even predict a new Apple TV that's got app support on it because I have been talking. I think I wrote a story about that like three and a half years ago <laughs> and it still hasn't happened. So, you know, I, I, I think I just got to wait now. It's always tempting leading into these events to like cram expectations so full that not not from like the, oh, Apple can't meet them, don't meet up Apple perspective, but it's, there's only so much time and to your point, only so much attention. And so I wonder if this is more about not what they do include, but maybe what they don't include. So, you know, do we just see a, a hint of watch app stuff and then there's a fall event to follow up? Or does OS ten? come off a yearly cycle and does that go a little bit slower? Like, is there going to be something that they just tease for later so they don't have a four-hour keynote with all these different things? Uh, I have to imagine that at this point, they've got to spend something off for later. It, it just seems like 
too much going on now. All right, great. We're two topics in. Uh, we got two more to go. It's halftime. Uh, halftime of Clockwise this week brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. Why invest in the latest, sleekest devices if all you're going to do is stare at an intranet that looks like it was built in the 90s? You, you, you all are, are much younger than me. I was there in the 90s. I've seen those intranets. <laughs> They're not understating it. Igloo can help. Not only can Igloo be customized to look exactly like your brand, but with its responsive design, it's automatically optimized for any device you're using, including the iPhone 6 and, Mike was right, the 6 Plus. <laughs> And just like your favorite Apple devices, Igloo helps you do your best work. You can share files, coordinate calendars, provide status updates, manage projects. Igloo is not just for your traditional internet stuff like your HR policies and your expense report forms. It also lets you work better together with your teams. The latest Igloo upgrade is called Viking, and it revolves around documents and how you interact with them, gather feedback, and make changes. They've added the ability to track who's read critical information to keep everyone on the same page. Hey, Billy in accounting has not read the new accounting procedures. Is he still alive? Somebody check on Billy. Uh, it's like uh, red receipts in your email, but less annoying. So if your company has an old, creaky legacy intranet look, looking like it is a refugee from the grunge era, give Igloo a try. And Igloo understands love can't blossom overnight. So sign up now, try out Igloo for free for any team with up to 10 people, and you can try it out for as long as you want. Go to igloosoftware.com slash clockwise. And thank you so much to Igloo for supporting Clockwise and being our halftime sponsor and all of Relay FM. I have to mention Relay FM because the founders of Relay FM are on the show. So I can't forget that. That no pressure. No pressure. Mike Hurley. Yes. Uh, it's time. It's your turn. Halftime is over. It's your topic. What do you have for us? Apple surprised us all this week um, with a late night release of iOS uh, 8.4, the beta of 8.4. Um, in that, they debuted a completely redesigned music app. Um, and many people are saying that this is the first step towards the, and it's laying the foundations for the Apple streaming music application that they've been developing since purchasing Beats. So I want to know, do you guys think that Apple can build a compelling music streaming service to pull people away from apps like Spotify? What do you think, Ren? Um, I don't know, but I am hopeful, uh, which is to say that I really like Beats. Beats won me over very, very quickly, um, in part because I you know, cur people throw around curation as a as a new hot buzzword, but Beats Beats's uh, playlists are legitimately curated. There are, there are people behind them picking out songs and building. It's almost like the the radio stations that you wish the radio stations of the '80s and '90s would really be. It's people who really know their stuff, putting things together. Um, my real question is how iTunes is or how Apple is going to integrate that into iTunes radio, um, whether or not we're going to have these kind of floating services, whether it's going to be one mega service, whether they're going to throw away everything that made Beats great uh, or integrate it and make it a spotlight. Um, I feel like, you know, listening to music a la carte, there are lots of music services that do that. For Apple to really succeed, they're going to need to do something to uh, to kind of highlight themselves. And there's been talk, of course, about exclusive artists. There's been, um, you know, there's, there's the stuff that Beats does really well, the curated playlists. Um, I just, it depends on how quickly they can roll it out, uh, what kind of deals they can get, and um, and really how, how well they can sell it. I think it's got a chance to succeed. I would like to see it... 
Uh, well, as somebody who listens to music on my Mac, I would like to see the ability to to play music on my Mac using this service uh, with an app instead of in a web page that requires Flash, which is what it is now. Um, that is doubly bad. Um, and and other services have great apps that let me play my music in the background, like I do with uh, the iTunes app. But Beats doesn't do that, so I'd like to see that. I'd like to see some integration between the fact that Apple knows what your uh, what your music is, the music you purchase through iTunes, and if you use iTunes Match, all of the music in your in your library um, seeing a good way to to integrate that with a streaming service so that if you've got some music that's not in the streaming catalog and also want to listen to some music that is in the streaming catalog that you could actually say mix and match and wouldn't that be kind of fun and I think Apple could do that in a way that uh, um, other services couldn't and that artists might like because you might be able to have a Taylor Swift playlist and also offer the new thing that's not on streaming but offer it for purchase and kind of integrate into the playlist. There's a lot of interesting stuff they could experiment with there. So I think they can build a compelling uh, music service, especially if they uh, allow it to still be played on Windows and Android uh, and not have it just be an Apple platform only thing. I think this is so early in the music streaming game that it's anybody's game, including somebody we haven't even heard of yet. I don't feel like somebody has just blocked this and it's going to be one of the major players and there's nobody else who's got a chance. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think they can build something compelling and, and Apple's gotten a lot better with this integration of cloud and software and but I think they I think the the root of the problem may be that while it is early in the streaming game there are some giants in the field already that the guys like Spotify um, and audio to a lesser extent are already taking up a lot of a lot of market share and a lot of mind share when people think of music streaming I think a lot of people just think of that that green Spotify icon and you know Apple has for better or for worse, you know, a little a bit of reputation now, especially in music, you know, that iTunes isn't very good. And especially on Windows, it's really like kind of miserable to use. And not, it's not a great experience. And there are already a lot of people completely sidestepping Apple's music ecosystem. So just because they build it doesn't mean that people will come. And Apple's got to figure that that marketing angle out to get people back uh, into their their music world, into their ecosystem, and uh, away from from guys like Spotify. I think they can do it, but I think that it may be uh, more complicated than just building a really good service. I think that in more recent years, um, we've seen a more fundamental shift in the way that people associate Apple and music. Um, I think maybe five, ten years ago, uh, Apple and digital music, they were hand in hand. But streaming services like Spotify are, at least for young people now, and even YouTube, are the places that people go for music. So I don't think that necessarily Apple can just say we have a streaming music service and tie it up, it's done, it's going to be like iTunes 2.0. I I don't think that it's a necessary runaway hit for them. Um, And I think one of the big problems that, that I see... Um, is international availability. It's always a problem with these types of services. And I think a company of Apple's size, ideally they need to be able to come out of the gate with an international offering um, for it really to kind of land home. Because if it comes out, it's like, oh, it's US only, then the rest of the world's probably going to pay no attention and Spotify will keep trundling along. And the longer it takes Apple to launch in specific countries, the harder it's going to be for them to try and grab the market share. Um, And I mean... People hate iTunes, and I, th- I think that that's gonna gonna be a problem, depending on the way that Apple deal with it. From a, especially on the Mac as well, and and how they start to integrate those things. I'm a Beats user. I love Beats. Um, I was able to sign up for Beats when 
uh, they weren't doing location restrictions because it's not in the UK. And I hope that they're able to bring over a lot of what makes Beats great. Like Ram was mentioning, the like the actual human uh, selected playlists and stuff like that. So um, I'm hopeful, but I think that it's going to be a little bit of an upward, an uphill struggle for Apple to to really make this land home. Ren, what do you have for us? All right. Well, um, I have been heads down in photos for OS X since it's launched last week. Uh, I'm more did a ridiculous amount of coverage on it, and I'm still getting questions and uh, people asking about crazy, crazy scenarios. But I wanted to know from you guys, you know, I've been using this for about photos for OS X about three months, and my entire library is over um, and on and on photos for OS X, and I'm really liking it. I think it's... Um, it's it's a really awesome way to have your photos on all of your devices, and I, I don't think the compromises in editing is is necessarily too big for me. But there's there's so, some things that I would like, and I'm curious, panel, like in terms of are you guys using it, uh, and if not, why, and what maybe what, what do you still want from it? Oh, um, I am using it because I am writing a book about it that you can uh, <laughs> go to takecontrolbooks.com. I don't know. I'll put it in the Plugging. show notes. Yeah, I'm going to plug that. Thanks for setting <laughs> me up there. Thanks for setting me up. Uh, so I am using it. I'm liking it because it's so fast. I've been using it since the beta, obviously, uh, because I've been cramming t- everything into this book. But um I've got like 25,000 photos in iCloud photo library now. And the fact is, I've said this before on some other podcasts, but uh, my Macs are all have SSD uh, it drives in them. And they're not um, big enough to hold this library that I've been assembling since my daughter was born 13 years ago. And um, now I have access to all of those photos because they're up in iCloud. And photos actually scrolls through them, which iPhoto didn't. So I'm really liking it. There are things that I wish it did that it doesn't do. Most, my number one being that you can't apply uh, geotagging to photos after the fact once they're inside photos. It doesn't have a geotag editor and it seems like a really basic mistake that they, I think geography was not a big priority for them, but there are, there's still support for geotagging in there and yet not applying your own geotags. So maybe that'll come later. But the editing tools are really good. I think for most people, photos is all you need. If you're a, you know, if you're a Photoshop user, if you're a, you know, professional photographer or a high-end sort of prosumer photography hobbyist, you may be frustrated. If you're an Aperture user, you may be frustrated. But I, I feel like it is fulfilling a lot of the promise that iPhoto has had over the years of being, uh, getting all of your photos in one place, using the cloud if you want to use that to have all your photos accessible on every device that you own, which is amazing, and having editing tools, whether it's, you know, you can do like level adjustments and stuff, or you can flip over to a themes view that's much more like applying an Instagram theme to a photo and the, the, the crop tool has the auto auto leveling built into it so it'll find planes in the shot and and get your tilted photo to be straight. It's got a lot of good stuff in it so I'm liking it a lot which is good because I did dread the idea that I was going to write a book about an app not knowing whether it was any good or not and find out that it was terrible. So I'm feeling okay about it now. Uh, all, all in all, you know, I'm relatively happy with it. I was using uh, a complicated series of Dropbox folders and subfolders before this. And part of me misses that simplicity, but the having the, you know, thumbnails and everything to scroll through, even in a, a big library, mine's about 70 gigs. You know, the responsiveness is pretty good. Sometimes I catch it trying to catch up with me and draw thumbnails. But uh, as far as additions, I think Apple uh, really needs to focus on both the language and the control the user has around the iCloud stuff. So Currently, I'm not using the iCloud photo library. It was really weird for me in beta, so I'm, I'm sort of got scared away. 
And, but even now, like I have the photo stream and it's not always super clear if I remove a photo, where it's being removed from, where it's safe. And with the iCloud photo library, if you just hit upload, it can, it can you know, take over your CPU and, and, and network connection. And I would like Apple to see, you know, see what they could do about that and make it a little bit easier to understand what's going on with this cloud stuff because photos are really important. And, you know, like you, Jason, I've got kids and I want to know without a shadow of a doubt where that image is. Yeah. And you don't, there's little edge cases in photos in iCloud where those things meet. And I think that should, that should not be the case. It should be really clear what's going on at all times. So I have a, uh, like Stephen, I have all of my photos in Dropbox and that was after Everpix shut down. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to go back to any of these services anymore. So I was just using Dropbox as a system that I could control. Um, I also signed up for iCloud Photo Library because I just, why not? But I haven't yet brought those photos into the Photos app. And that is, for me, simply one one of the main reasons is I have a pretty bad internet connection. Um, I can't get fast internet where I am. So I am kind of just not wanting to put everything in photos and have it all start uploading. It's something that I want to do. It's just not massively high on my list. It's because photos, for me... Um, I'm not really a big photos guy. I take pictures, but I never really look back at them. It's very rare that I look back at pictures. So it's a thing for me that one day I, I know that I will get around to it. But right now, it's just not really that high on my list. And it's because once you start putting these cloud services in, it does rely on people having pretty good internet connections. And if you don't, then it can actually end up just causing a lot of hassle, especially because, you know, as we've been through, we were talking about Unconnected yesterday, um, which is episode number number 35 we had jason on to talk about photos if you need a, a primer um it seems like apple's settings for the way it uploads are not very sophisticated uh and i don't want my internet connection to be saturated because i'm uploading 13 gigabytes of photos or something yeah um that's a great point in terms of the fact that you know we think about everyone having broadband at this point in time but there really are still lots of places that have either really poor broadband connections or even no broadband at all uh, and I and I do feel like you run into a huge problem with cloud services that expect you to constantly be uploading and changing huge amounts of data. Um, as for the Dropbox thing, I think that's interesting because that's actually that was the system that I was using pre-photos, and I'm actually kind of cheating right now because I have my photos library in Dropbox, so I have it stored locally on my machine and optimized on other machines, but also feeding into Dropbox. So it's you know it's like oh well I can always check the carousel and it's all there hopefully fingers crossed. But I'm really looking forward to uh, to what Photos does in the future. All right, we have reached the end, but. As I promised at the beginning, we have a bonus question left to go. The bonus question on Clockwise Today brought to you by lynda.com, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business technology and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash clockwise. lynda.com, you know it. It is the online video training center. It is for the curious. It's for people who want to make things happen. If you want to master Excel, learn negotiation tactics, build a website, boost your Photoshop skills, all of these and pretty much anything else you can think of are on lynda.com as high quality video courses from the experts made in lynda's 
beautiful. The, the, the Lita.com studios are amazing. They are a professional video studio. This is not a shaky cam YouTube video in somebody's basement. You can browse course transcripts to follow along or search for an answer. Jump right to there. Learn the thing you need to do and then go back and solve that problem in the job you're doing. I've done that. I've taken the entire course and had a, a great time learning about a, a whole subject. And I've also been able to parachute in, find one thing that I need to know, learn that thing, and then use it to solve the problem that I was looking for. Lynda.com memberships give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics for one flat rate. If you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about your hobby, or you just want to learn something new, I want you to visit lynda.com slash clockwise and sign up for your free 10-day trial. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash clockwise. And thank you so much to lynda.com for supporting Clockwise, all of Relay FM, and the bonus question. My bonus question today is very simple. Stephen Hackett, what's your favorite time of day? Anytime I get to talk to you, Jason. Oh, 10 points. Unfortunately, this isn't a point-based game. Mike, what's your favorite time of day? Uh, The morning when I sit and uh, drink my coffee and read Twitter. That is my favorite time because it's early for me. I wake up at like nine in the morning still uh, and everybody leaves me alone at that time of day. So I get to just sit and, and do that in the morning. It's a nice way to start my day. Nice. Serenity Caldwell, what's your favorite time of day? I really like either really early in the morning or really late in the evening. Right, uh, right when the stars are most clear at like one in the morning, when you you've passed past the uh, the really sleepy time into like okay action. <laughs> oh wow, that's great! That's a great one. My favorite time of day is uh, about nine fifteen p.m. because that's when we put the kids to sleep, and <laughs> the shows that are not rated for, for like Game of Thrones or you know anything that cannot be viewed by children is finally available for us to watch. It, it's a that's a nice moment. It's like at last the stockpile can be addressed. All right, we've reached the ultimate end now. Uh, Stephen Hackett, thank you so much for returning to Clockwise and for all of your duties as the co-founder. Founder of Relay FM, our hosts here. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Jason. And Serenity Caldwell, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mike. It was great. Mike Hurley, you did a good job as co-host. Uh, you're not hired because because we're, Dan's coming back next time, but uh, but I'm going to keep you on retainer as uh, as an emergency backup host. Do you feel okay about that? Yep. Maybe if I, you know, maybe third time will be a charm, and I'll just yeah. push that more on out. And, it could yeah. be. It, you may have to wrestle Philip Michaels for it. But until then, and this is your final test, Mike. We remind everybody out there: thanks for listening. Watch what you say, and keep watching the clock. You nailed it, Mike. See you next week, everybody. Bye.